What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 81 of The Brendan Burns Show. I am recording this in my new home in Orange County, California. This is October 4th, coming out of this will be released tomorrow. And in episode 81, we are talking about your questions. This is a total Q&A episode where you guys know you have the ability to email questions in at, to brendan at brendanhburns.com. My team gets that inbox and they see all these emails. And so right now, we ha- I have a list here of emails for, uh, of questions from you guys, and I'm gonna be going through and answering them. Uh, just a reminder that if you have a question that you want to be answered on the show, submit it to brendan at brendanhburns.com. My team collects a list of it, sends it over to me, and I'd be happy to consider it for my next Q&A episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. My first question comes from Lily Daniel, and this was submitted uh, just about a week ago. And Lily says, hey, just a small question. How do I console a person who's going through a really tough time right now? I am bad at consoling, but this is a close friend of mine and I really wish I could be there for her. Please help me. That is such a good question and I have a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for you because you acknowledge, you you have the empathy to see that your friend is going through some kind of pain. And empathy can certainly be built It's something that I've actively worked towards developing and being more empathetic for the pain and suffering of others, not to a point of people pleasing or taking on their pain, but to genuinely empathize with the the suffering and the existence of pain in another. So first things first, kudos to you for being aware of what your friend is going through. Now, I also want to acknowledge you for realizing that this is something that you may not be as strong at and that you're actively seeking help. One of the most important things in personal development and self-improvement, before you can accomplish anything, you have to admit that you need help with it. It's this sort of denial that thankfully I never I never had an issue with. I always, in the beginning of my journey, said, oh, nope, I need help with this. I am certainly suffering, I'm angry, I am have anxiety. I didn't deny it, but I see a lot of people, especially they come to me for an initial consultation or at one of my events and they raise their hand and say, I want this thing, I want to be a millionaire or I want to get married. And I say, great, let's talk, tell me about yourself. And then I'll identify one of their patterns quickly. And they'll say, I don't do that. I don't pick unavailable partners. I'm not angry. I'm not, and then, <laughs> that you're not gonna get anywhere if you can't admit what you need help with. I was going to say if you can't admit that you need help, it's not about needing help, it's about wanting something special, new, different, better in your life, 
and being able to admit, hey, I'm willing to be humble and admit my flaws so I can get better. When I look at some of the greatest all-time athletes in history, they all had coaches and they wanted to get better and they were humbly willing to admit that they needed support. So great job on that front. Now I will actually answer your question, which is how to console a person going through a tough time. The first thing I would say is you don't want to overstep your boundaries and you always want to check for permission. If someone is going through a tough time, they may actually need, their process is to just kind of take a step back, be alone with their feelings. Maybe they're journaling, maybe they're just relaxing. So you don't want to insert yourself too much into your friend's life if their process is to just kind of calm down on their own. I remember, for example, working with a couple and the man would get home from work earlier than his wife. And once every three or four days, she would come home very angry, very frustrated, very overwhelmed. And he would say hi to her and she would just go into the bedroom and be by herself. Now, because this man was not willing to deal with his own anxiety around letting her be and letting her come back to him, he then chased her in the room and sat there for hours and tried to problem solve and listen while she vented for multiple hours when the best thing that she actually wanted was to just be alone and the best thing that he actually needed to do was just take a step back. So the first thing I'll say is if a friend is coming to you for support, I can give you some strategies on how to be there and console them. But if they want to be alone, let them be alone. Don't helicopter parent them. Don't overdo it. The next thing I was going to say is you always want to check for permission. I have worked with a lot of coaches in my business and they start coaching all their friends and family for number one for free, which is a mistake. And number two, without asking for permission. I will never give anyone some piece of advice, even a friend who is asking me for advice, I will still say, I see that you're asking me for support here. I want to check for permission before I start making suggestions for you. Where are you at with that? So I respect that you want to help your friend, but just make sure that that friend is open to receiving that right now and do not force support on them when that might not be the right thing for them. But if it is something where they're open to it, you've checked for permission and they do need some consoling and they do need some support, ask them what they need. Because a lot of times people just need someone to listen. They don't want someone to give them practical advice. They just want someone to sit there and hold space for them while they talk about what's going on. And it's really important that you don't judge them or give them any advice or make any suggestions or interrupt them in that process. That's how some people like being consoled. Other people like to be consoled by actually receiving practical feedback, specific tangible advice that will help them resolve this issue. I personally can feel both ways or think both ways based on the situation. There will be times where I just want someone to listen and there are other times where I do actually want practical advice. And I know who's better at which. I have a friend who's really good at practical advice. I call him for that. I have a friend where I need some consoling and just someone to hold space and hold a tight container for me to vent. And I know to call that person for that. So 
what one thing you can do is ask yourself what type of consoling does this person need right now and you can also ask the person hey i see that you're struggling right now i want to be there for you and if you're interested i can either hold space while you just vent or i can hear about what's going on and help problem solve with you what works for you because that's one of the keys to this whole process is people often console to derive fulfillment and, and, and get their own needs met. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's a win-win situation. I wanna console you, you want to be consoled. Let's find a way that that works for both of us. But again, just always checking for permission. And then in terms of the actual consoling, really putting an emphasis on them and their feelings thinking about and feeling into their body through a connection with them. What do they need? Do they need to just go out for a meal and actually not talk a bit about things at all? I've been in situations in my life where I had a friend and he was going through a bad breakup and the coach in me wanted to psychoanalyze and break this down and give him homework. But I could tell that all he wanted was a friend in that moment. And more importantly, he wanted to get his mind off of things. And so I invited him to my office when I was working in New York City. Uh, the building I was working in was having some kind of event, like a happy hour. Uh, they were giving out milkshakes and it was a fun social outing. And I said, why don't you come by and we'll just hang out. And we won't even talk about this stuff at all. We'll just take our mind off of things. So that's another option. Physical activity, can be another good way to help someone get out of their mind and get out of their emotional pain and suffering. So you could proactively say or suggest, hey, why don't we go for a run or a walk or why don't we go surfing or why don't we go do some kind of activity together to take our mind off of things? So great question, Lily. I appreciate you reaching out. To sort of summarize what I'm saying here is number one, check for permission and make sure that opening is there and that your person is willing to receive your consolation. And number two, figure out based on your intuition and by openly checking in with your friend, what would be most beneficial to them. The only number three thing that I would add to this is make sure that when all is said and done, you go home and you don't bring their pain home with you because that's something that I've had to coach people through also. So great question. Thanks for reaching out. Uh, next question is from Dr. Ayasha, and her message, her question is, I'm currently an intern doctor, but I love traveling the world. I'm having a hard time balancing the two, and I'm wondering if you can suggest some strategies for how I could have my practice as a physician, but also travel as well. Thank you. This is a good question. I have there. I, I, I would say I have two types of listeners who listen to the show. We have the coaches, entrepreneurs, business owners, um, athletes, ex-athletes, the, the, either the retired folks, the passive income folks, the self-employed folks, uh, or the C-level folks, and they all have total control of their schedule and their calendar, and they're basically just saying, where should I go travel? Or thank you for helping me get to this point. And so that's always fun. But then my second set of listeners are the investment bankers, the doctors, the lawyers, the even nurse practitioners, and anyone who has a physical desk job where it's a lot harder for them 
to engage in what I call the mini retirements, the longer term trips, the three weeks in Bali, the four months in South America, Costa Rica. And that's, that's a bigger question because there are a lot of solutions, but it does depend on number one, what is your current situation afford in terms of potential flexibility? Number two, how willing are you to potentially change jobs, not industries, but jobs to find something more amenable for you? So say going from partner at a law firm to counsel at a law firm that lets you work remotely or even partner at a law firm, you know, just something where you're willing to make a not career transition, but job transition. And number three, what kind of travel is, is best for you? Because your question is a good one, but all you're saying is that you love traveling and you, you want to be able to do both. You know, I don't know what a typical physician schedule is, but I have friends from college who are now doctors and they work Monday through Thursday often. And so you can fly out to somewhere Thursday night and come back for Monday morning. Obviously, you can't go to Japan or China, you know, from New York, but it really depends on what kind of travel you're looking for. If you are looking for longer term travel, here's one thing that I'll say. When I went to Chile a couple of years ago, Santiago and Casablanca had a great trip. And in my group was a gentleman who was a doctor who lived in Miami. And he was a heavy international long-term traveler, sort of hobbyist photographer. And he would go on trips for weeks, if not months at a time. And so if you want to do that, what he did was he started his own physician practice with a couple other doctors. And so he was a senior partner in this firm and he had significant leeway and say in terms of his own schedule. So the more senior you are in your position, the more flexibility you'll have. Um, obviously, when I say more senior, I'm not saying being the head of surgery at a major prestigious hospital in Seattle or San Diego or New York City. I'm saying, how senior are you in whatever company or job role that you're playing? I know doctors who work at for while Cornell Medical Campus in New York City, and they're financially very successful, but they have a boss and their boss has a boss and their boss has a boss. And so it's a very confined situation where they don't get much vacation. So one option, and I know this might be a bigger undertaking, is where are you currently employed as a physician and what type of practice could you either join or co-create or even create on your own that would give you that type of flexibility? I know a lot of doctors who are their own bosses and have their own practices, and they have the control of when to be open and closed. Um, this is what I did personally for my business. I was working in finance at a hedge fund, and initially before realizing that my mission was coaching and helping people in this industry, I initially said, well, I enjoy, I don't dislike hedge fund work, I just dislike hedge fund culture and the hours and the, the day job-esque nature of it all. And so I initially decided that I was going to start my own hedge fund. Now, ultimately I went on my own journey, I realized that wasn't my long-term overall passion, but that was something that I considered before ultimately starting my own business in a, as a coach and a speaker. But either way, having, call it the four-hour work week, which I joke about but isn't that far from the truth, or calling it um, total remote access and freedom over my career and my business, I intentionally set out to create that because I knew that that would work best for me 
and my desire to travel as, as such. So for you, I would say, think about and, and proactively go find doctors who have this type of lifestyle. I'm sure there are full-time traveling doctors out there. I'm sure there are doctors who own their own practice. They've built up a business where the, the other doctors are doing much more of the consultations, but because you've created the business, you're generating income off of it. Um, so, so those are all options for you. I would speak to and locate doctors who have been able to do this. Like I mentioned, I was on a group trip in Chile with a gentleman who was able to figure it out for himself and just find a model. I always like to say, whatever you want in life, go find someone who's already done it and go shadow them. Go figure out, do I need to pay them to advise me? Do I, they just want attention, support, presence? Like, Go find someone who has what you want, figure out what you can give to them and then you've created a mutual win-win relationship where they will teach you how to get to where you want to go because they've personally done it. So that's what I would say for that. Um, next question is, uh, let's see here, we, from Lenny Morale. Um, Hello, you're such a great man. Thank you. I'm an engineering student and I'm wondering if you have any advice on how to stay motivated and work hard in my engineering classes. Good question. And uh, I actually answered a similar question on my last, I think it was my last Q&A episode of a gentleman saying something very similar. You know, I'm, pro I'm procrastinating a lot. Uh, I don't have a lot of motivation. I have low drive. And I'm going to lead off by saying the same thing that I told him, which is I'm not good at answering questions about motivation and drive because I've been very blessed to inherently have that within myself. I can think about the times that do come up occasionally where I'm not as driven and what helps me. But I, I think one of the best things you can do when looking for a mentor or a coach or someone to support you is finding people who had a problem and then overcame it. I'll give you an example. This is not related to your question, Lenny. I, I will answer your question. But just for the listeners out there, I want to just share something, which is as someone who has I personally have gone on this mission to build my own passion business, build a life and lifestyle that I would in my, of my dreams, build the relationship of my dreams. And I went to a lot of people specifically on the relationship side who were happily married. And I would go to them and I would say, hey, I'm dealing with this issue and I'm really curious for your support and advice on it. And frankly, from a lot of these people, I got very poor advice, not the wrong advice, not do A when I should have done B, but just they weren't able to empathize with my situation at all, and they did not give me anything helpful to work with to go implement on my path. And the reason I think, this is speculative, but the reason for this, I think, is because they didn't have to overcome the situation that I have had to overcome, which is coming from a broken home with no intimacy between my parents and having a lot of fears and anxieties in relationships and then overcoming that to then get into a healthy marriage. These people had good upbringings and then just got married and were and they're married and that's great and I'm very happy for them but I just want to say you know I might not be the best person to answer the motivation drive question because I didn't suffer through that and struggle with that and then have to overcome that. Um, so just remember when you're going for to someone, it's, I don't think it's enough that they have what you want. I think it's also enough that they have somewhat of a similarity to you in that they were, had a hard time getting to where 
they did and maybe even struggled for the same reasons that you're struggling and overcame it and have it and boom, now we got something to work with there. Um, however, to answer your question, uh, I think people are unmotivated for two reasons. One, they're just un unmotivated and I, I'll give you some strategies in terms of energy and physiology and go you know goal orientation and things of like that. They're just, they're just not motivated. Uh, and, and we can talk about that. But the other reason why I think people are unmotivated is because they're working towards the wrong goal. I know a lot of engineering students who say to me, oh, well, I'm unmotivated. And I say, well, what type of engineering? What's your dream job? And they say, oh, well, I actually want to be um, a pilot or an accountant or uh, an internet entrepreneur and, and something totally unrelated to, to engineering. And then I say, okay, well, why don't you switch your majors? And then they, they'll drop out of college and go to pilot school or they'll you know, switch into the architecture program or uh, whatever the right program is for them. And suddenly they're no longer unmotivated. And so the times in my life where I've personally been unmotivated is because I was chasing the wrong thing for the wrong why, uh, mostly chasing acceptance, approval, or just straight money rather than much deeper, more meaningful purpose. So that's one option is are you... Do you want to be an engineer or are you there because your parents are telling you that you're supposed to be there? That's just one question I would have. But the other question is, what type of structure do you have? You know, what does that mean I'm unmotivated? Does that mean oh, I'm, I'm not motivated because I'm not getting my work done? Okay, well, how about you set a time every day where you're going to sit down and you're going to do your work or you're going to find... Uh, you're going to go to the library with your friends and you're going to go work there. That was something that I did a lot in college. I was a lot more motivated doing my schoolwork in public with other people and other energy around me. So you can problem solve in terms of what would be the best strategy for you. But the other thing that ha helped me tremendously is creating a massive shift in my physiology. So taking a cold shower, blasting the songs that pump me up the most, going for a hard workout and bringing my gym bag and my school bag and going straight from one to the other and not going home and using all that energy inside me, all those feelings of aliveness to get it done. Um, so that's, that's what I would say are some strategies for you. I, if, if you're struggling to stay motivated, I would say find empowering tools and, and pr structures and routines to do that, the last thing I'd say is obviously accountability helps tremendously. Just this week, I made my one of my clients, I didn't make her, obviously I checked for permission, but with her, I had her send me um, almost $1,000 cash on a Venmo, and I said, you're not getting this back until you do your homework. And so the, having someone hold you accountable can also be helpful. Um, I've set consequences with my clients where they'll send me $2,000, and then I say, great, uh, and and this, assuming they're very democratic or, or, or very against Donald Trump, I'm not going to, on this podcast, be for or against any politician, but they were very anti-Donald Trump. I said, great, send me $2,000. If you don't do this assignment, I'm donating it to Trump's campaign. So <laughs> find creative and fun ways. Maybe do it with a friend. Find someone who you can't control, who will hold you accountable, that's another option. Obviously, coaching is a great way. Getting a coach is another option for that. So um, that's what I would say there. Um, last couple things here. So I have three more questions, but I'm going to answer two of them in a combined fashion. Um, so Regine, two R's here, Regine and Rennie. I have two questions. So Regine says, 
uh, it's not a question. It was a comment on a podcast episode I did called Why the Right People Stay. And she just said, Brendan, I just listened to this episode, Why the Right People Stay. Thank you so much. It really helped me. And the reason why my team chose this comment uh, for this episode is because I probably get more feedback on that one episode and, and post on my website than any other post or episode I've ever done. So we specifically slotted that one in right now because it's just that important for you to go listen to that episode and, and hear what I have to say there. And then the other uh, question slash comment from Rennie, said, uh, she says, talk about self-love, please. So sort of generic. They're both pretty generic, but they're con connected. And what I would say is the kind of takeaway from my episode, Why the Right People Stay, is self-love in many respects is just not forcing situations that are not meant to be. And I know it's kind of like a cliche, but when something's meant to be or not meant to be, you know, because when you're with the right partner, you don't have to fight and connive and strategize and kowtow and move your schedule around, and, you know, be totally available to them just for that one option you get to meet with them. And they're totally unavailable to you no matter how much effort you put in. Uh, it's, it's very self-loving to, in a situation like that, just say, you know, this, this is too much effort. This isn't working for me. And I'm also, I'm a big fan of putting a lot of work in, into relationships and fighting for relationships, assuming the other person's also willing to fight with it. I'm not saying give up when things get hard. I'm just saying if you're, it's a newer situation, you've only been seeing someone for a couple weeks or a month or two, and, and you, have, you haven't really gotten it off the ground and you're just, you're trying so hard and they keep blowing you off. It's just get out of there. You know, that's my, my takeaway from why the right people stay. Stop fighting because the, no matter how hard you try, it will never work with the wrong person. You can give them space if they need space. You can give them closeness if they need closeness. You can try and study and analyze and do everything possible to try to make it work. But no matter how hard you try, if it's not the right person, they're going to leave. No matter how, how much you try to get them to stay, they will leave. So stop fighting too hard. It's not worth it. And on the contrary, the right person, no matter how little you do, no matter how hard you try to get them to leave sometimes, they're just not going anywhere. And I think that's very self-loving is to say, you know what? No matter what, uh, they've seen every dark, ugly, weird side of me and they still are sticking around. Let them in. That's the, that's the short of it. Um, so that's what I would say, but go back and listen to the episode cause it's, it's really good. Uh, it got a lot of, so much positive feedback from that one. It's called why the right people stay. Last question from Jean. I'm so tired thinking about everything. I'm too stressed out and I overthink everything. Great question. Very quickly. I'll just say you're living in your mind. You know, we, we, we all talk about this thing of the, I, I think I'm thinking about this. Uh, you know, I'm so overwhelmed. We just, people live in their mind. And so you gotta meditate, you gotta let go of control, journal, but get it all out of your brain and start to practice just experiencing life without a constant stream of thoughts in your mind. You can live and just walk around and like notice things on the wall and look at nature and your mind can be empty. That's why Eckhart Tolle doesn't like the word mindful because your mind is full. And the whole goal is to empty the mind. 
And everyone's like, oh, but you know, if I empty my mind, I'm never going to get anything done. I'm just going to like unravel and be homeless and get fired. No, the irony is when you empty the mind, you actually get more success, more money, better sex, better relationships, better promotions, better life, and you're not worrying at all. Total irony. I could talk about that for an hour, but that's my short answer. Thank you so much, everyone. Amazing questions. Don't forget, if you have a question, send it to my team, brendan at brendanhburns.com. We'll put it in the queue. We'll answer it on the next one. Thanks so much and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Lastly, if you're looking to take your personal life, business, or career to the next level, and you want access to me as well as my community of like-minded people, head over to courses.brendanhburns.com and join us in Mastery Academy, my membership site that comes with online course content as well as live coaching calls every two weeks hosted by me personally. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.